It's Thursday, January 23rd. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. China is telling millions of people to hunker down. The government's turning to massive quarantines to stop the spread of coronavirus. But will those extreme steps actually help? Then a UN court ordered Myanmar to immediately take steps to protect its persecuted Rohingya Muslim population. That demand couldn't have come on a more timely day. And finally, we've got the scoop on a new way to stay safe on a first date. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. All public transportation out of Wuhan, China, has completely shut down. Flights have been canceled and highways have been closed. In yesterday's episode, we told you all about coronavirus. That's the virus with cold-like symptoms that turn deadly. Hundreds of people have gotten sick in China, and 17 people have died there. And the virus is spreading, too, to places like Japan, South Korea, and Thailand. One patient's even been reported in Washington state. In the U.S., health officials are trying to keep everyone calm. I want to reiterate that the risk to the general public remains low, and the public health system and our healthcare partners are working swiftly and collaboratively to address this situation. But in China, health officials are going in a different direction by putting entire cities on lockdown. They say that people living in Wuhan, where coronavirus first started, and in neighboring cities, can't leave right before the Lunar New Year. That's China's biggest holiday. Some even call it the biggest human migration since millions of people travel back to their hometowns to celebrate each year. But now, almost 19 million people are being forced to stay put instead. But the question is, do quarantines like this actually work? The World Health Organization's Director General, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, says it's a good plan. By having a strong action, not only they will control their out, the outbreak in their country, but they, all, they will also minimize the chances of uh, this outbreak spreading internationally. And that's definitely the main idea behind the quarantine. If the people who are sick stay where they are, then it's harder for the virus to spread. But that's a big if, because even though quarantines have been successful in some cases, they can backfire. Wendy Parmet is the director of Northeastern University's Center for Health Policy and Law. And she says, historically, quarantines have been counterproductive. Because they elicit fear and people, in fact, hit for the hills. People hearing that they're going to be locked in, run. We can see that playing out in Wuhan already. At 10 o'clock this morning, all the train, subway and bus stations were shut down. But that was after about 300,000 people reportedly took a midnight train going anywhere. And after the stations were closed, people still tried to drive out of town before officials closed the highways. Now it's harder to get out. Some people say officials aren't giving enough info about what the heck is going on. So all they can do is wait it out. That's another concern that Parmit, the health policy expert, had. You don't want people to go into hiding because that actually Right, undermines your ability to get the information, to get accurate case counts, which is so important to understand, you know, just how infectious the disease is, just how dangerous the disease is. To be clear, it might be a little bit harder to go into hiding in China. The country is known as a surveillance state. Facial recognition and tracking technologies are all over the place. 
So it's unclear whether people will actually be able to fly under the radar and escape China's watchful eye and the coronavirus quarantine. So what's the skim? Everyone's talking about the coronavirus. 17 people have died and the virus has already spread and continues to get more people sick. In an effort to contain that spread, Chinese officials have imposed a quarantine around the area where the virus originated. And even though quarantines may minimize the spread of the disease, the fear they can cause can also be counterproductive. That's especially true when health experts like the head of the WHO say they still need to keep studying people who've fallen ill. There is still a lot we don't know. We don't know the source of this virus. We don't understand how easily it spreads. Today, we gather nearly 50 nations strong here in Jerusalem to say with one voice, never again. That was VP Mike Pence. He stood shoulder to shoulder today with world leaders to commemorate 75 years since the liberation of the Nazi death camp in Auschwitz. It was the largest ever diplomatic gathering in Jerusalem. There were about 800 guests in attendance, including 100 Holocaust survivors. But this commemoration also had another theme. We must be prepared to confront and expose the vile tide of anti-Semitism that is fueling hate and violence all across the world. And we must stand together. Throughout the three-hour ceremony, world leaders tried to present a united front against the rise of modern-day anti-Semitism. There's increasing evidence of that here in the U.S. You might remember attacks in New York and New Jersey back in December, and at a Pittsburgh synagogue in 2018 that killed 11 people. But this trend is also something that's being seen around the world. According to a report on global anti-Semitism by the Cantor Center at Tel Aviv University, more Jews were killed in anti-Semitic attacks around the world in 2018 than in any other year in decades. Today, German President Frank-Walter Steinmeier said that some of the same sentiments that led to the Nazi genocide of European Jews are on the rise again. Here he was at today's commemoration, which was live-streamed by the British newspaper The Sun. And I wish I could say that we Germans have learned from history once and for all. But I cannot say that when hatred is spreading. Which brings us to an update on a story we featured last month. On our December 10th episode, we did a deep dive on a historic case playing out at a UN court. It involved an allegation that the government of Myanmar in Southeast Asia had committed genocide against the country's Rohingya Muslim population. The country that brought the case, the African nation of the Gambia, knew it could take years to complete. So it asked that, in the meantime, the UN court issue a preliminary ruling to protect the Rohingya. And today, the court did just that. It ordered Myanmar to take immediate steps to prevent the Rohingya from being deliberately targeted or killed. It also said Myanmar needed to preserve any evidence that could be used to determine if a genocide occurred, and said Myanmar needed to report back within four months about what steps it has been taking to uphold the order. And if it doesn't, the UN Security Council might step in. That's no guarantee the Rohingya will be safe. But campaigners say today's news is an important first step toward justice. And making sure never again actually means never again. 
If you want to listen back to our December episode on the Rohingya case at the International Court of Justice, we've left a link in our show notes. It's Skim Money Thursday, and this week we're looking at a different kind of work perk. This month, Delta Airlines announced it's giving its employees a bonus worth about two months of pay. Crazy, right? Well, maybe not that crazy. Delta has a policy of profit sharing. It's right there in Delta's benefits package, alongside health insurance and a 401k retirement plan with a match. How it works is, when Delta has a profitable year, employees get more than a pat on the back for their hard work. They get cold, hard cash. And since Delta had a pretty good year last year, those bonuses totaled $1.6 billion, a company record. And turns out, Delta's not alone in offering profit-sharing benefits. According to one report, 14% of employers have benefits like Delta's, though employees sometimes get stocks or extra retirement help instead of just a check. Experts say that these types of benefits are actually good for business because they give employees a sense of stake in the company's success. The benefit can also reduce turnover, motivate employees to work harder, and even increase profits the next year. Talk about a win-win. Want to learn more about all the benefits you can get at work? Head on over to theskim.com money. Before we go today, we've got the scoop on a new way to earn a coveted blue checkmark for your dating profile. This one's from Tinder and called Photo Verification. But this isn't about encouraging Tinderfluencers. It's one of several new safety features announced today, along with a panic button and safety check-ins. To get Tinder verified, users will take a real-time selfie that matches a pose shown by a model on screen, which is then compared with your profile photos. If it all lines up, you get verified with the blue check. Staying safe, avoiding getting catfished, and having a fun first date? We'll swipe right on that. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.